Welcome to the new series of Inspire Me Too, a series of podcasts created to motivate, inspire and entertain alumni, students, staff and wider community of the University of Portsmouth. I'm your host, Madison Young, a current television and broadcasting undergraduate, and I'm delighted to be interviewing a variety of guests over the coming months, all at different stages in their careers, with some fascinating stories and some helpful tips and advice in a range of different subject areas. We hope this series connects with you and assists you with your own journey, or you simply enjoy listening to these interesting and inspiring stories of success. Most of us have had that dragon's den moment when your imagination takes over and you create in your mind a new invention to solve a problem you're facing in your day-to-day life. For most of us, this is just a passing thought, but for today's guest, through hard work and determination, her invention became a thriving business opportunity. Today, I'm speaking to Linda Harding, an entrepreneur in residence, alumna of the university and owner of the hugely successful Sweet Dreamers. From a young age, Linda has been business-minded and for years has run her own nursery. When her sixth child, Bradley, was born, he would just not sleep, so she used her business acumen to design a sleeping aid to help other parents going through the same experience. If you're a parent yourself, you may have heard of the infamous You and the Dream Sheep, the revolutionary product that contains four unique sounds, which help to send a baby to sleep, and the flagship product of Linda's company, Sweet Dreamers. Hear how Linda discovered these sounds and how Ewan went from an idea to becoming the award-winning product he is today. If you have a product idea but just don't know where to start, then Linda's story will hopefully inspire you to take those first steps and give you the confidence to make it happen. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and Ewan to come and talk to us. So I think we should go back to the beginning, Linda. How did you come up with the idea for Ewan? Well, the um, inspiration for Ewan came from my sixth child. I had to count then. How many children <laughs> have I got? So my last child, who was um, how you would sort of phrase it, a bit of a nightmare sleeper. So I'd had five previously, and they all settled down into a nice sleep routine. And then number six came along, Bradley. And... Um, and I followed all the same routine that I'd done before. And it was just, what is wrong with this child? He won't sleep through the night. He would wake up at, say, like 2 a.m. and think it was time to get up. It wouldn't yeah. matter what I did. He would still be awake. So I sort of um, persevered because this went on for three years, um, which is a long time, a long time <laughs> to sort of have your, have your um, sleep um, sort of disturbed. And um, one of the things that I discovered was that if I sort of obviously rocked him and held him in my arms, um, that would help to settle him off to sleep. But if I then went to put him down, he would then automatically wake up. So I thought, oh, well, that, that's not working, that's not working. But I did, just by chance, um, realise that if I had... Uh, the vacuum cleaner on and was rocking him, he would actually settle to sleep really well. And I just thought, oh, this is this is really amazing. You know, this yeah. sort of random noise in the background is actually helping to settle him off to sleep. So um, as time went on, I, I tried to sort of like research and see if there was anything out there on the market. I thought, oh, you know, there could be something other out products. there. Other products that I could use to help settle him off to sleep but there wasn't anything out there at all so I decided to bite the bullet and try and come up with something myself so that's the inspiration behind Ewan. Because yeah. I suppose a vacuum cleaner <laughs> noise could be quite niche it hasn't yes. been released yet so you were the first yeah. one. Yes we were the first ones to to, um, to actually do that so what I did was I sort of researched different sounds looked at all scientific evidence um, and also worked with the university with their school of midwifery to record 
various sounds. Um, obviously, clearly the um, the womb sound, which is why we went to the um, School of Midwifery. We yeah. recorded a pregnant mum's um, womb sounds and her resting heartbeat. Um, and through my research, I um, discovered that um, the um, sound of a resting heartbeat has been clinically proven to be really soothing and reassuring. So that's why we've included that on the background of all our sounds on you. And so we've got four different sounds, but we actually trialled a number of different sounds um, with children that uh, are at my nursery school. So they took part in trials and also independent um, families took part as well. So we had, say, about 10 different sounds and they're all recorded at the specific low bass frequency the baby can hear in the womb, which is why they're so so effective and they're all set within a specific frequency range that's related to the pink noise frequency which is what the baby actually hears in the womb so they're right. sort of filtered sounds um, low bass frequency sounds and they're all combined with the resting heartbeat so Ewan's ended up the four most popular sounds are the vacuum cleaner with a heartbeat the womb and heartbeat it's obviously, obviously great for newborns and younger babies and then we have the rainfall, which actually is a monsoon from India. <laughs> a real one? So, yeah. Did you have to go and yeah. record that no, yourself? No, we, we, we actually had a recording artist who allowed us to use his monsoon rainfall, which he then obviously filtered out so it's, it's the correct frequency. And then we've also got a harp melody, which has been specifically composed for Ewan. So, um, so nobody else can have that harp melody. And that's also combined with the heartbeat in the background as well. Was that found through research as well, that harps yes. are Yes, yes. Harp therapy has been um, used for centuries and it re- um, to help induce sleep. It's really calming and effective. In fact, I fall asleep to the harp. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it on, if I have to, like, test... The um, Ewan sounds, if we've, we've changed any sort of specific um, parts of the product and we have to test the sounds, nine times out of ten, if I put the harp melody on and I'm testing it sort of late in the evening, I don't ever hear the end. It's just like, oh, I've got to listen oh. to it all over again because I've fallen asleep. So it's like in the evening, it's not around a meeting room no. and everyone's nodding off because <laughs> you're it. playing the sounds. We never, ever get any work done in the office. <laughs> <laughs> so you just toggle through the sounds as you wish. Yes, so when you've got a Ewan, what you would do is, um, like you say, um, trial which sound is most effective. So normally with a newborn, it's it's nine times out of ten, it's going to be the womb sound and potentially the vacuum cleaner. And the rainfall and the harp melody are uh, more effective as they get a little bit older. Although, having said that, quite a lot of mums play the harp melody um, prior to um, they've, they've actually had their child through their bump to their baby. So the baby's already familiar with the um, with the harp melody. So we've got a few people on Instagram that have sent us photographs of their children, sort of like little tiny babies, newborn, Aww. looking at Ewan. Um, I think we had a video sent through as well, which That's was so, so it was so cute. And because obviously the baby recognised the harp melody straight away and they said little his name is little Johnny yeah <laughs> looking mesmerized by Ewan um harp melody so it really does yes. work yeah and you said you did a lot of research to get yes. those sounds and yes. you worked with people from the university yes what steps do you have to take to bring an idea to life yes yeah it's not as easy as you think <laughs> no it sounds like you've gone through a lot of technical processes yes it takes to... a long time because um, you get all excited and you think, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, you know, it's going to be really quick, we, we could have it, you know, bring it to market and it's going to be on the, you know, hopefully on the shelves and we're going to be selling within six months. No, it doesn't. It takes it takes years. It took us um, a, a, well over a year to just do all the research, to trial all the sounds because you've got to give um, 
um, enough time for feedback from yes. so this is obviously in our case you know it, it would be different if it was a different product so you have to gain all the feedback um, and then once you've got all the feedback on your actual what you're going to include in your product you then have to go through the um, product development stage okay. coming up with the idea because obviously we then had to come up with what sort of how we were going to house these sounds to um, to play them to, to children you know that's when we came up with the idea of having something endearing and and sort of something cute that, that people can relate to so we came up with the idea of the sheep obviously counting sheep so um, by this point did you have a physical copy of Ewan or is it still on it paper still, at this it was point? still it was still still all on paper but then once we decided on actually having a little plus sheep I then made sheep. <laughs> I made the first one. <laughs> at so, home. Yes, at home. And I just thought, oh, yeah, he looks a bit... I sort of, like, tweaked him quite a bit. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I made the, the physical, actual plush toy. Um, and then I was also working um, at that time, because we're going back to about 20, 28, we registered the business. 2008, sorry. Um, so it was, like, 2009, 10. We were looking for a manufacturer... Um, and we wanted to try and get it made in the UK, but unfortunately, with the the, the um, sort of um, pricings, it just wasn't right. effect, uh, wasn't cost effective for our margins because we wanted to sort of retail at a gifty sort of price. So that's why we've twenty nine ninety nine. We didn't want to sort of outprice ourselves out of the market. So where did you have to go to get these made if it couldn't happen in the UK? Yes. So we were working with our electronics company, and they had a link to a factory in China. Right. So we used them. Um, and we was we had quite a, a degree of reassurance because knowing that they the electronic company electronics company GBE Electronics over at Worthing were based in the UK, knowing that they were going to oversee all the electronics, um, sort of gave us a, a sort of degree of reassurance. So they liaised with the factory, um, who then produced some prototypes. <laughs> the first one came back and looked like a, a rat. I was thinking, that oh, doesn't look no. like you. <laughs> I thought they were good at copying, you know. Yeah. All they had to do was copy my... When you have a vision, it's hard to get someone else to realise that. they coming back and I said, no, it looks like a pumpkin now. It's just like, oh, no. But then they finally came back with, we tweaked it. So, obviously, that takes time, about six to eight months of um, backwards and forwards, making sure that the um, electronics, the control pod inside Ewan, um, actually sounded... um, um, had the right frequencies and sounded the same as all the recordings that we'd sent over. Um, yeah. And then obviously coming up with the design. So current Ewan has little buttons in his legs so you can press each leg to activate a different sound. So by the time you've done all of that, that's well over a year. And then once the production, um, once you go into production at the factory, you've got to allow for them to fit it in. So that takes about another three months. Then it's a month on the water. So it's not really a quick process right that's without mentioning about packaging i'm not going to even go there on packaging <laughs> oh it's a whole different ball game <laughs> yeah, is packaging. this another company you have to get no, involved it's just, with no it's just the packaging design it's just all it's what you've got to remember that you've got to include on the packaging you know it's just all, all and obviously i've messed out quite an important bit there don't forget you've got to have all your products safety tested to comply with ce safety testing right and if you're going to sell globally to comply with all their testing as well so that takes a long time that takes about two months so it isn't as quick as you think as well as the um testing the technical testing yes um health and safety regulations when's the turning point that you know this product is going to work on the market that people are going to buy it 
is that down to you or down to your f- people who give you feedback? Yes, yes. So, um, so we had this. Sorry, my stomach's going to rumble now. <laughs> <I should have laughs> we need to I get came. some snacks. I need snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, we when we were doing some sort of um, prior to actually launching the product, we did some um, consumer feedback. So we had some parents in the nursery and also independent parents. Um, come in to give us feedback on whether they w- would actually think it was would be something that they would be interesting interested in buying. So that was the initial feedback. But all the, along, you're just thinking, oh gosh, you know, I'm, the the minimum order quantity for the factory is normally ten thousand, but because it was the first run, they said I could have six thousand. But even so, I'm thinking, oh, I've got That's, six thousand. That is sheep. a lot. <laughs> Big flock. <laughs> Big flock. <laughs> hope somebody buys one. Yeah. <laughs> all that make this noise, yeah. and I can't play them all at once. <laughs> so, um, so, but once we'd agreed on the, um, they call it the golden sample, the final sample at the factory, they would then, um, they then make you as a small um, number of units, which you can then use to take to manufacture, um, sorry, to um, retailers. Right. Um, so you can gauge uh, feedback and just say, you know, I've got this product. Um, that uh, I've designed and I uh, wanted uh, to buy it. Yeah, yeah please buy some. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the but the issue I had was um, obviously at that stage because I was new, just a start up. Um, a lot of the major um, retailers um, prefer you to supply in through a distributor. They don't. They don't want to uh, offer you the. Um, you know, ask you to set up a vendor account because they they're right. just worried. They they just think, oh, you're a start up. We we prefer to um, have all our products it's easier for them come in through a distributor when they can just put in one purchase order and order say like 15 different, different yeah. product lines so um so i sort of sort of got quite a lot of doors slammed in your face at that stage um did you end up going to a distributor in the end? So in the end, I did a big um, trade show in the UK right. specifically for um, n- the nursery industry and it's up in Harrogate. So I took a, a stand at, at the show and that's where all the buyers come round. And, okay. Um, and it was... It, and you had the sheep on the, had the, sheep, on the table. Yeah. <laughs> and my first stand, I should have to dig out some pictures of that because, you know, you learn over the years and you look back and you think, oh my God, what, <laughs> what was I thinking? You know, you teach the back, yourself. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so, and then a lot of buyers did come around and say, oh yeah, no, we really like it, but we need you to go through a distributor. But that I managed to locate somebody at the show that came round who um, was somewhere in between a distributor and um, um, they had their own specific rates. So um, it wasn't their margins weren't as high as a distributor margin because I didn't really have the margins there. Okay. So I'd end up just like giving, giving them away. She's like, no, 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 no. And they were um, specifically called themselves just a, gate, a gateway. But right. They wouldn't do any of their PR and marketing. So that's why they charged a lower rate. So we used them to initially get the products into um, to, uh, some of the big major retailers like John Lewis and Boots. Which um, one was your first um, adventure? It was um, Jojo Mum on Baby. They, 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 took, they took you in directly from me, which was really lovely. That's but the, great. the other uh, majors that I went into with, with the Gateway um, company were uh, John Lewis and Boots. So um, I think it was mamas and papas they came through as well with them. So, but all in all, we were trying to build up this sort of social media, get word of mouth, and we also entered you and into um, some awards 
um, oh, wow. um, just so that, you know, to get these sort of endorsements. So it really took off when we won Gift of the Year for Kids in 2011. So that was great because parents were thinking, oh, this must be good. It's yeah. Fine. It's fine. Gift of the Year for Kids, which and is great. Did you have to nominate sort of your own product? Yes, you can self-nominate. So, And then we've also entered in a number of awards subsequently. Um, Mother and Baby Awards, we've won Gold, um, Best Product for a Newborn. Um, so it just gives parents the reassurance um, that obviously the products have been um, tested out by judges yeah. and um, have sort of like passed. They're going to yes, work. They're going to work. So, um, But it takes that again takes years to build up sort of like awareness of your products because there's obviously you've got the competition out there. So everyone's sort of like trying to clamber to get their products in the in the limelight now you in is on the market and it has been for a while yes do you find that there's people are creating new products that are very similar whereas you're you were the original and people yes, are taking yes. your idea there, there are there are excuse me there are always like people that bring products out other competitors um sort of of a similar sort of um vein to to you and but um because actually, my my PR girl, she's lovely. She said, "Just but don't forget, Ewan's iconic, iconic, yeah. Linda. Everyone knows <laughs> Ewan was there first. Yeah, Ewan was the yeah, original. Yeah. So um, and because um, uh, one of my sons came to work for me, and he's done really well um, on the social media side. So Facebook and Instagram marketing, it's done really well. Is that a big part in taking a product to to market, market to yes. market it? Yes, yes, definitely. So and. The social media marketing, marketing has become really prevalent in the past few years. Everybody looks there more so than sort of um, uh, advertising in yeah. magazines. People people don't look, they, they instantly go on to, online, don't they? If an Checklist, advert pops up yes. on their phone. Yeah, that's it. So um, And so much so that my daughter-in-law is also now um, um, helping with the Instagram as well. And then I've got my other son who does all the um, sort of graphic design and sort of produces all the um, social media stuff as well. So, so that we heavily focus on that to keep our product out there in the public eye, you know, people and aware of it. Does Bradley want to take any credit yes, for being the crier <laughs> in the yeah, first place? Sleeper. Yeah. Now I can't get him out of bed now he's 16. It's like, hang on, Brad. It's, yeah, but don't forget, Mum, it was me. Can I have, you know, I need royalties. No, Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah three years of no sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the product is good, but the, the three years of no sleep. I don't exactly. thank no, you no, no, no. <laughs> You're very knowledgeable on the um, method that you need yes. to take a product to market. Was that influenced by your earlier life or, or have, was it a totally new idea to be business-minded and be your own entrepreneur? The, um, the bringing a product to market was a completely that was a completely new sort of like um, avenue that I went down. But prior to that, um, my parents had their own business. So I think it was sort of like in the family. My brother's got his own architecture business. So I think... We've been brought up in that sort of environment, and I think it's sort of like rubbed off, rubbed off on us, you know. You like when you get yeah. business skills for your family, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, no, that's so, great. Uh, and oh, alongside yeah. Ewan, have you got any other products in the pipeline or others that are on the market already? So we had we we developed Russell and um, the Sheepdog um, a couple of years back um, to to complement Ewan, but we've actually. Um, 
have decided to redesign him. So we, we, we only did one production run of, of the Russells. Um, and we've now redesigning him for next year. So he'll be coming out. Um, and also we've got the Ewan Deluxe, which we brought out this year. Because um, classic Ewan had the buttons in the legs. So you, his control and electronic pod was all inside. So he was hand wash only. Whereas Ewan Deluxe has a removable control pod, which is great because then parents can put the Ewan plush in the washing machine. Um, but also with Ewan Deluxe, he's got a... Um, innovative cry sensor so if your little one if you set the cry sensor and your little one um, murmurs or cries um, during the night he'll automatically switch on and play the sound to help set the baby off to sleep so um, it's all um, yeah <laughs> changing for the better yes with the yeah and deluxe and is that something that you think needs to be kept in mind once a product is on the market that that's not the end of the product yes, it, it always needs to be evolving yes definitely always look you know and and then take on board um customer feedback as well because that was the t- two of the main things that we had fee- you know on the feedback oh we wish we could wash you and, and we, you can have one some people actually tried, attempted to put him in the washing machine and then oh, we had no. emails where people have gone i've actually put him in the washing machine and he still works it's like how did you manage that <laughs> um, so brave yeah so, so and the and the cry sensor and then we've got two other products in the pipeline which are top secret um, which are also sort of um, based on feedback and also right. keeping on on top of the current market trends so they're um, due to be released next year as well I'm so excited to all, find out what they are it's all going on I know I you're going like to be stalking me now yeah. aren't you <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what these two top secret um, products are it has to be said though that not everything goes as smoothly like you mentioned earlier yes what were the main hurdles that you had to overcome when taking the product into stores um yes to entry into market it's difficult to convince the big majors because the buyers which is fair enough they've got loads of people approaching them loads of potential um suppliers so they do have to be picky and you do it is a case of who can shout the loudest or using like I did at that stage this um, gateway company to sort of get the product your foot in the door really so that obviously is tricky obviously the other um, issue would be um, uh, financing because it costs you know to finance a run of of, depending on your uh, MOQ 6,000 pieces is is a lot of money so you've got to sort of either um, at the time, I think I took out um, a new business development loan at the time. Right. But then you've got to sort of be um, aware, obviously, because that was secured against your property. So you've, you've got to, you know, know yeah. that there is a risk there. So um, you've got to be sort of 100% confident in what you're doing, that you're going to see it through. And failure is not an option. (laughs) You will buy this sheep. (laughs) Positive thinking, that's what we like. (laughs) And you came up with this idea yourself. Yes. And alongside having six children, a family, a home, a nursery to run, (laughs) how do you manage to balance balance all all the steps of taking a product I know. From an idea, it sounds a bit mad when you when you look at it that way, doesn't it? It sounds like what? what? You're a superwoman. <laughs> Does this woman sleep? Yeah. <laughs> that was Bradley's fault, you see. Yeah. I got used to three years of no sleep, and therefore I now no longer sleep. <laughs> the body clock has just been out for ever That's since. It. Ever since, yeah. Um, I think being able to juggle, being good at juggling different 
different sort of aspects of your life. You've got to be good at, at that, basically. Not getting too stressed out about things as well, because otherwise it can all build up, you know, and then you just don't end up doing anything right. Yeah. You just spend all your time worrying about one thing and you sort of like disregard everything else so being able to juggle the family so obviously when they were younger I would concentrate and spend all my you know have quality family time um during the day or when they were at tea time if they when they came home from school and then when they obviously went up to bed I would then have a good sort of um, long period of time to work until say like one or two in the morning um on the early stages of you know on the on, on the business yeah until so, yes. started crying then you have yes. to get the hoover yeah <laughs> <laughs> Blow up a hoover, another yeah. couple of hoovers. <laughs> yeah, but luckily no one has to do that anymore. No. And they can listen to no, the hoover through it. you and that's, so it, that's yeah. a start. <laughs> Save themselves a fortune, you see. Yeah. <laughs> if you could, if someone has an idea yes. and they want to take it into stores, onto the market, what are some top tips that you could list? So, um, so yes, ideally, make sure that you have done your research so because you could have a really good idea but double check on obviously online now you can get so much information online make sure there's nothing out there that basically is exactly the same because you don't want to be spending a lot of money um and then be um sued for ip because you're copying it's virtually a, a copy of something else that's already out there yeah on those lines as well you can go online and check other people's intellectual property to make sure that there isn't any patents or trademarks that you're infringing. Right. Um, so make sure you've got, you know, your product, you know that there's nothing else out there like that. Make sure you've done the research that you think it's going to be in demand because there's no point in developing something just because you think it's good. Oh, I think yeah. this is really good and then nobody wants to buy it. <laughs> is yeah. it worth asking family and friends for their advice? I think it is initially, but don't just solely rely on, on you know, initially you'd go, yeah, what do you think of this? I'm thinking of doing that. And they go, oh, you know, they might give you honest feedback. But when don't go too far down the line just relying on family and friends. You need to get some independent advice out there non-biased views absolutely so um potentially with with myself because there was the baby products association i could go to them they're completely independent body and sort of get their feedback and i also worked with an innovation center which was helpful because um obviously you can get all their feedback and you know sort of ideas and then obviously one of the other top tips is make sure that you've got enough financing in place to see the project through so there would be nothing worse than nearly to, to nearly getting it to market but then not have enough money to finish off your production run or ship it all the way over from if you're manufacturing in China imagine if you'd done it all and it's stuck in the factory yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't get it back now oh no that would be the worst hurdle to uh, that's it and then obviously it? don't forget you need money for warehousing if you've got a biggish product Fair enough, if it's small, you can cram it all in your, in in your, your garage. garage. Yeah. All, all around the house. You can't actually move. There's boxes everywhere. <laughs> you filled your lounge up. Is that the experience <laughs> that you found? Or did you, did you manage we to did, find a warehouse? No, we did have a... Um, yeah, we, we used the um, electronics company warehouse festival. They were very helpful. But then, obviously, now we've got our, uh, a different logistics company. But, yeah, you don't realise how big the pallets are. Because um, Ewan is quite big because he's in a tube. And by the time... You get so many pallets, so many on. We, you know, you, we can only get. I think it's um, 
6,000 pieces in a 40-foot container. So, um, so wow. yeah, yeah, they take up quite a lot of, quite a lot of room. So, and also, when you're sort of developing your product, critique yourself. Just make sure you're not going off on a tangent. It's like, why am I doing that? It's got nothing to do with it. Try and yeah. sort of like... Um, sort of give yourself some sort of timetable and sort of like make sure you're focusing on what's important. What you set out mm, yes. for initially. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned earlier not to to do your research and not yes. to run the risk of copying someone's idea yes. and running into IP issues, like you yes. said. Is it too ambitious to try and better a product, a product that's already on the market? So no. you see something that's similar to mm. your idea, but think, how can I improve still have that. this idea yeah. but just make it better than mm. what's already out there no i think i think but as long as you don't infringe on any ip so you you would have to try and obviously find their um their trademarking actual documentation or their patent as long as you don't infringe on any of their major claims you'd know it's absolutely fine if you think there's a market out there it's a bit like that chap who invented the cone, isn't it? The road cone. Wasn't there someone that invented a cup? Don't oh. I, I now don't know anybody's names. But the initial um, patent idea for the road cone was just an orange. Well, I don't know if it was orange, but it was just a cone, but it didn't have the flange. You know, the flange bit around the yeah. bottom. And then that didn't go down very well. And then somebody else came and invented another one with the flange and they're everywhere. See? So now See? if you <laughs> end up clipping the cone, you yeah. get the flange part, not yeah. the actual, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? So you can, you can make slight adjustments to an idea that's already that's exists. It. Yes, yeah. Oh, I'll have to look that up later. I want to know this guy. <laughs> I know. Who was that man? He's probably sat there crying, the original guy, yeah. without the flange. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, why didn't I think of that in the first place? That's it, yeah. <laughs> You have got your product in John Lewis and Boots, etc. As you said, are you global? Are you hoping to go international? Yes, yes. We we do um, a few years in um, from launching you and we decided through the Baby Products Association to attend the big international trade show in Cologne and the BPA have a, a UK pavilion. So we took a um, stand... Um, at the pavilion and it's really really um, worthwhile for us to go over there because you get all the international buyers it's really exciting as well so being in a different country and all the different cultures and we're in the UK pavilion and we're so lazy there's none of us can talk any other languages (laughs) we all expect them all to talk English (laughs) yeah it it happens doesn't it It, it's just but um, but they all come out and they do all talk English. So yes, we've picked up a, a lot of, of accounts, um, uh, retailers as well as distributors for further afield, um, Australia, um, um, South Africa. Wow. Um, we're actually going to concentrate um, solely next year on a big push for the USA and Canada, and we've got um, we're looking at em- um, employing a new. Um, export sales manager to, to concentrate um, purely on European, um, our European sort of market. So we're expecting to see yes. you and all over the place. But yes, can't escape the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and it will that be the same for Russell when it is eventually yes, released? Yes, yeah. He'll hopefully go yes, global go too. Global. Yes. So. That's It'll so exciting. Yes, touch wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where can our listeners go and get a Ewan if they want one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, apart from the major retailers that we've, we've mentioned, John Lewis Boots, Jojo, 
and there's a lot of independents that uh, that stock him and also on our website which is sweetdreamers.co.uk and we've also got a store on amazon as well bar bar baby He's Aww. on there as well. Our own little stall, <laughs> a sheepy stall. To the house, <laughs> yes, yes. So it's all direct. Um, yeah, direct from Amazon. We use um, Prime, so you can get him the next day. So if you've got a Bradley who cries oh, yeah. <laughs> for endless amounts um, <laughs> of time, for you then. yes, that would be lovely. You get your own little sheep. And I'm looking forward to meeting a Russell the Sheepdog next yes, year as well. Yes, I'll bring him in. He might he might keep barking in the corner and I have to give him like a dog biscuit or something just to keep him quiet. Yeah, <laughs> Making those vacuum sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Look, well, thank you so much, That's Linda, okay. for coming lovely. in thank telling you. us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Well, I hope you found Linda's story as inspirational and as fascinating as I did. If you're a current student or graduate of the last five years and have a product idea that you would like to talk to someone about, you can use the university's Nest Service, the startup incubator for entrepreneurs. For any listeners who live locally, we also have innovation space that you can take advantage of, which is office space and a community for new and small businesses. And for any parents of newborn babies out there, get yourself a Ewan. We've got lots more exciting podcasts coming up in the series and you can hear each one as it's released on the first Wednesday of every month. If you like the University of Portsmouth alumni Facebook page, you'll get a reminder of when these are coming up. Look out for our next podcast, which is entitled Inspire Me to Follow My Creative Passion. We'll be speaking to recent graduate Shifra Kirby, who planned to be a lawyer, but ended up following her dream and studying film production instead. Thank you so much for listening and we really hope you join us soon. (laughs) 